Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole. You're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. If you're new here, welcome. This is a podcast that is dedicated to the growth and expansion of men and women, spiritual men and women. And on this podcast, I discuss all kinds of things. Um, I'm a life coach um, for spiritual men and women to really help them return back to who they were before the world told them who to be. I work with people who are beginning to awaken, um, who are going through, you know, transformations and changes, um, who are looking to return back to themselves. Um, a lot of times my clients feel stuck. They feel like they are in their own way. And after we do some digging, what we find is that it's not that they're in their own way. It's that they're belief about who they are supposed to be tends to get in their way. So today I really want to talk about something that is not the sexiest topic by any stretch. It's not super uplifting, um, but it's real. And it's something that we all go through if we're all honest about it. And that is the dark night of the soul. So the dark night of the soul, I don't know if you've ever heard of this concept before. Um, it's I mean, I, I, you know, Googled it just to kind of do a little research before we talked because I have my definition and my experience, but I wanted to have some context here. Um, the phrase dark night of the soul is often used informally to describe an extremely difficult and painful period in one's life. For example, after the death of a loved one, the breakup of a marriage or the diagnosis of a life-threatening illness. That's one little definition. Um, Another definition is that the dark night of the soul is kind of like an initiation, taking you from one phase of life into another. Um, humans, you know, if you're a human who is growing, you're going to experience a few of these in your life. And they are usually marked with depression, feeling really tired, really lethargic. You just have no drive or ambition to do anything. Um and it's it's really, really normal. This is really the intention of this podcast is to normalize these seasons in your life. Now there is, listen, I'm not a, you know, clinical uh, psychologist or psychiatric, psych, what is it? Psychologist or psychiatric? Just <laughs> sorry, I'm like it's Friday. I'm tired, um, but I'm not like a PhD in, in in psychology or anything like that. So of course, if you are having depression, if you feel like you need support, go and talk to a professional and deal with that 100%. And I want to bring light to how depression can sometimes just be a part of this dark night of the soul. And how, you know, numbing it with alcohol, drugs, both prescription and um, illegal drugs, um, gossiping, overworking, staying busy, you know, pouring into your children, um, all of that, th that can numb us, which makes it so that we can't fully receive what we're meant to receive in that season. So when I talk about depression in this podcast, in this episode, I am specifically talking about the depression that is associated with a dark night of the soul. Again, if you are prone to depression, if you have clinical depression, if you're bipolar or anything like that, take what I say with a grain of salt, talk to your professional and all of that. Okay. So I just wanted to get all those disclaimers out there. Um, okay. So 
a dark night of the soul is something that happens when the rug is pulled out from under you in life. And like, I don't think, I'm sure there are people who initiate dark nights of their souls. Like, I'm sure there are people that maybe intentionally try to like break down pieces of them or their identity and themselves. But the, but, but my experience and the people in my world that I know that have gone through this, dark nights of the souls come when something happens outside of their control. Like the description that I read earlier said, uh, someone you love dies, you, you know, you get a divorce, you're, um, diagnosed with an illness, like, you know, you lose your job. Um, Anything that rocks your world to the core, anything that rocks the foundation of who we are. And here's what's interesting is as humans, we build these foundations that we live our life on based on our conditioning and programming, right? So for me, a, a strong foundation is, you know, being married and having healthy children and um, being you know, ha having a home and being able to to do certain things. And my parents are healthy and alive and my sister is healthy and alive. And these are all things that if you took them away from me, I would still be here. But these are the very things that are my foundation. And so when you, when something happens in your life that pulls the rug out from under you, then you can then you will step into a dark night of the soul. Another kind of interesting fact is that I've talked about the Saturn return in astrology here, but I'm going to just go over it very quickly. So there's this um phenomenon or not phenomenon, but there's this astrological event that happens in everyone's life, those of us that, you know, live to be past 30, and it's called your Saturn return and it happens a couple of times in your life depending on how old you get. But for all of us, it happens uh, the first time between the ages of 28 and 30. And Saturn, the planet, it takes about 28 to 30 years for it to make one revolution around the earth. So when your Saturn returns is when Saturn is in the same spot that it was when you were born. That usually takes about 28 to 30 years. Saturn is the planet of um, discipline, of purpose, of um, you know, being on the right track, being um, responsible, just just really Saturn is kind of like the principal at, at the school, you know, making sure that we're doing everything the right way. And so what happens around 28 to 30 years old is if you're not on the right path that your soul is meant to be on. So let's say you're meant to be a musician and you're like an accountant, <laughs> Your Saturn return is going to come for you and life events, things are going to happen that are going to shake the very foundation of what you're living. And for me, I know when my Saturn return came for me hard at 29, when I was sitting in a cube working as a recruiter and I was like, I can't do this. I just cannot do this. How do you know? And I quit and became a yoga teacher and that's what started my path to where I am today. So that was a mini kind of dark night of the soul for sure. Um, you know, no one died. No one, yeah, I didn't, you know, nothing really foundation quaking happened, but it was almost like the energy just um, evolved in a way that I was like, I can't do this thing that I'm doing anymore. There's something different for me. 
So maybe you experienced that when you were around 28, 29, 30 in your own way. Maybe there was a relationship. Maybe you moved. Maybe you went back to school. There's all different ways that this can show up. Um, And like the descriptions earlier said, it's like a, a dark night of the soul is like an initiation into a new phase of your life. So if you're growing, if you're someone who's like living your life and growing and evolving and changing, which is what we're meant to do then you will have experienced these a few times. Um, And I really wanted to just offer some tips. And well, number one is I really wanted to offer awareness that if you've ever just gone through a depressive time and on the other side of it, you kind of had this like newfound sense of a new identity, a new energy about who you are, that's beautiful. You That was a dark night of the soul. And I think if we just, words really matter and labels really matter. And when we, um, you know, if if we kind of make ourselves wrong for having been depressed or having been unmotivated for a season in our life or having felt confused, if we make ourselves wrong for that and we're like, oh my God, like nobody else is going through this and why am I so weird? And then that just adds to our shit. That just adds to our shame and to the judgment that we have about ourselves, which then in turn adds to the shame and judgment that we have about other people. Because that's how shame and judgment works. When you shame or judge someone else, it's in it's a direct reflection of the shame and judgment that you feel about yourself. So this is this and in, the intention of this conversation is to just normalize that if you're in if you've awakened, right? So most of the planet's asleep. But right now we are in the age of the awakening. We are in the golden age of Aquarius. And this is all about the great awakening. You know, I heard this yesterday, actually, and I want to share it with you, but um, earth, kind of earth, the planet moves um, into the different signs. So like Gemini, Aries, Capricorn, Virgo, like all those signs, they move through, earth itself moves through the signs about every 22 to 2600 years. And so about 2400 years ago, we went from the age of Aries which is where women were actually really revered and women were powerful and women were seen for their gifts and the feminine really was expressive and there was this balance between the feminine and the masculine and it was beautiful. And then about 2,400 years ago, we shifted into the age of Pisces, which has been known as the age of darkness. And the age of Pisces in the last 2,400 years is when, you know, religion was formed, Christianity and, and all of that. Um, the Crusades, you know, the United States, well, the United States has only been around for 400 years, but um, the Roman Empire and like all of these different rising of the toxic masculine, right? That's been the age of Pisces. The age of Pisces is um, kind of dark and it's about punishment and it's about power and it's about systems and hierarchy, which is all very masculine. And so about, about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, astrologically, we shifted out of the age of Pisces and into the age of Aquarius, which I'm sure you're familiar with that song, um, which is so funny because it was from the 70s. But um, so we have, a, we're officially in the age of Aquarius. And the age of Aquarius is all about, they call it the golden era. It's about enlightenment. It's about 
awakening. It's about us understanding our power, our innate power. And the highest vibration available is and always will be love. And that's really what the age of Aquarius is about. It's about returning back to that with open eyes. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you are you are part of this awakening. And listen, we are literally in the, you know, when we talk about like a full moon, I would just want to give you guys some context. When we talk about a full moon, there's like one day that the full moon happens, but you can feel the energy of that full moon about a day or two before and about a day or two after, right? So think about how quickly the moon moves, right? It's like the moon moves, um, pretty much like every two to three days through a sign. Now, Earth moves every 2,400 years. So if we're just kind of like putting that into context, even though we're still very much in the age, even though we are technically in the age of Aquarius, we are going to be feeling the age of Pisces. My guess is for at least another 100 years. You know, there's going to be remnants of that. And interestingly enough, in the, when we were in the age of Pisces, we were feeling the age of Aquarius even before then. And that's when, you know, um, like, I mean, that song was made in the seventies and just enlightenment and, you know, peace and love and all of that, that this isn't new. This has been around at least since the sixties or seventies. So we're probably going to be feeling it, the age of Pisces and kind of this, we're in kind of like that messy middle period. And, you chose to incarnate during this messy middle period. So to me, that's powerful. When I think about how I chose to incarnate in this life during this time, that I chose the exact parents to have, that I chose, you know, that my children chose me, that my husband and I have a soul contract, that I have a soul contract with every single client. I have a soul contract with you, the listener. Like we made a soul contract that I would be teaching you and you would be listening. And your job is to go and do whatever this information does for you, whatever it ignites within you, you're meant to go and do that. And so on and on it goes. And this is really how we create this web of change, of awakening. So uh, Dark Knight of the Soul, the intention, like I said, was to bring awareness so that you don't feel alone, so that you don't feel like these periods that you might go through, or if you're, you know, if you got a divorce or someone died and you just were in this really blah period that you just understand like this, this is part of your, your growth. This is part of the evolution. And I really, I've used this example many times, but when a caterpillar creates its little cocoon and then it becomes a butterfly, what most of us don't realize is that the caterpillar literally, um, changes into liquid. Its entire physical form just melts into a liquid. And then it's from there that it crystallizes into a butterfly. And so a dark night of the soul is quite literally when we're in the cocoon and we just turn to liquid. We just turn to this unrecognizable state of who we are. But then on the other side is the transformation. So I really want to offer some tips while you're going through a dark night of the soul so that you don't numb it, so that you don't prolong it, but that you really are in it. Um, and I would love to share my my experience um, just to kind of highlight some of these things. So I 
have just kind of stepped out of a dark night of the soul. Um, it, for me, it started in, when was it? May when, um, I stopped. Well, a couple things happened. I, I, my mom and I, um, didn't talk and it was during mother's day, which really bummed me out and hurt my feelings. Um, and I just was kind of like, you know, why am I here again? You know, it's like my old, my inner child, like all these, you know, the, the, um, the silent treatment that she used to give me as a kid when I would, you know, disappoint her or upset her, it was just kind of like coming up again. And I'm like, why is this happening? Like, you know, so there was that. And then I, um, I had to end a friendship that, um, on paper and on the surface I really enjoyed and was great, but my body was literally telling me this is not healthy for you anymore. I would, kind of like have a panic attack if I knew I would see her. Um, and so those two things kind of kicked it off. And I started to step into um, kind of like a weird period. And then if I'm going to be really honest with you guys, um, I also was shifting who I was talking to in my business. I went, if you guys have been following me since my whole journey, I, I originally was working with women in network marketing coaching. Um, and again, my heart and my whole being told me like, you're, you're meant to do so much more than just help people make more money in their business. You're really here to help transform people's lives. And I, you know, believe in my heart that everything touches everything and how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're wanting to increase the revenue in your business, well, how, how are your relationships going? How are you treating yourself? What's your mindset like? What's your practices like? because it's all connected. So I had made this transition as well. And when you, you know, change kind of your niche and who you're talking to in business, there's, there's a little bit of a slowdown. Um, and yeah, so there was like all, there's like this perfect storm of like, you know, why is this happening with my mother again? Why is this friendship ending? You know, here's another friend that I thought I loved that just really hurts me over and over how do, you know, like, why am I here again? And then on top of it, it's like, oh, and, you know, nobody's really interested in working with me right now. Like, um, and it was just like a perfect storm. And then I walked into my birthday month and went and did a plant medicine ceremony that I think really kicked off um, a lot of events that led to many ego deaths. Um, lots of you know, a lot of the things that I feared most in my life, um, like being talked about, being judged, being not included. Um, yeah, it, it was like right there in my face. And then it was like, you know, people were including my children in that, and that was really painful. So there was just, and everything about this dark night of the soul for me was just telling me to go inward, go inward. Um, there was a little bit of financial shame, tucked in there. And it was just a lot. It was a, you know, nobody died. I didn't lose my job, you know, nobody's sick. But what, for me, what happened was just a lot of these things that were comfortable for me. A lot of these things that I thought I identified with, um, they were being stripped away from me. So I want to offer you guys tips and, and things that I did during this time that really, really helped me. So the first thing is I realized once I realized like, wow, okay, I am in a season of breakdown. 
like once I kind of, cause it was like one thing happened, then another thing and then another thing. And you know, when one thing happens, it's like, oh, okay, let's keep it moving. When a second things happen, it's like, all right, you know, let's, let's keep it moving. But then when it's like this and this and this, at some point you have to just be like, okay, I am in a season of breakdown. <laughs> I am in a season where I, I can't control this. It's happening. It is what it is. And what I did was I actually really took myself into a higher vision. And I looked at this moment in my life on the timeline of my life. And I thought to myself, okay, I have been asking for some really big things. And I really thought, and I said this in my last podcast, but I I really thought that I could get what I want and achieve what I want like unscathed. I thought I I thought it would happen bruise free. <laughs> um but that's and a lot of you know I I I'm not going to speak for the world but um I my experience is there there needs to be a letting go, a surrendering in order to allow the new thing into your life. So the first thing I did like I said was I recognized okay I'm in a state of breakdown rather than resisting it, rather than being pissed and wishing and, oh, why is this happening to me? I was like, okay, I'm in a state of breakdown. This is just a season like everything in life. It will change, but it can't always be up, up, good, good, good. There's a place and time for, for this. And so this is it. This is the season. And then the second thing I did was I recognized, you know, this is happening because I've been asking for a lot. I've been praying for a lot. I've been intending for a lot. So here we go. You know, the ant- I say this all the time, but when you ask the universe for something, the answer is always yes. And it's not always going to come the way you think it will come. And you really need to be open and you need to surrender. And surrendering really just looks like letting go of how you thought it was supposed to be. And man, have I been doing that a lot this summer, a lot. Um, And there's so much freedom on the other side of it once you can let go. Letting go of how you think it's supposed to look, letting go of timelines, that's another way to surrender. Um, Yeah. So those are my first two tips. My next tip is, and this is probably one of the most beautiful parts of the last, uh, let's see, May, June, July, August, one September, so three months. This is probably one of the the most beautiful parts of this and the part that I am so incredibly proud of myself. Like I have been thinking so much about Christy from five years ago and Christy from 10 years ago, and I've just been giving her so much thanks. The Christy of me five years ago, 10 years ago, and all the work that she has done up until this point, because my next tip is to feel everything. Guys, I cannot tell you how fucking important this is. Feel everything. May, June, July, well, not not so much May, more June, July, and August of this of th- this last three months, I have cried more times than I can remember in any phase of my life. Well, that's not true. The last dark, the last time I had a dark night of the soul was when I was like 30 and and for sure I cried a lot then, which is so funny. But just feel everything. And a lot of times I talk to people who are afraid to open that door. They're afraid to open Pandora's box because they're worried that the the sadness won't ever stop. 
And I get that. I really, really do, especially if you've never felt your feelings. It's like, oh my God, where do I even begin? You know, and and will it end? And it will, because you're not humans. The, the, the very nature of humans is not to be sad. It's to be joyful. Like that's the nature of human. That's when you're, okay, think about yourself like a, like a cork, okay? And I want you to imagine a cork floating on the water. That's you. You're a cork floating on the water, just having a great old time, just enjoying the sun, bobbing along, floating on the water, just living your life, right? And then when sadness comes or anger or jealousy or rage or shame or any of that stuff, think about it's like a weight that's pulling the cork down into the water, right? And the heavier the weight, the further down that cork goes, the less light it sees. If it gets more dark, gets more dark, gets more dark. When you start to release those weights, what happens to the cork is it naturally floats right to the top of the water. That's you. We're meant to be floating on the top of the water. Okay. So you're not meant to be sad all the time. You're just not. Just like you're not meant to be joyful and fucking happy and life is rainbows all the time. That's just not sustainable and it's not healthy, to be honest. So I get it, but get a therapist, hire a coach. This is literally what I do is hold space to allow you to safely go in and feel your feelings. But feel your feelings. That's the absolute best way to get everything out of this dark night of the soul. Because remember what I said earlier, dark night of the soul is meant to, it's like an initiation. It's its like from one phase of your life to the next. And we're always growing, right? I've mentioned this before on my podcast. Think about your life like you're walking a spiral. It's not a straight line. It's not a circle that you're going round and round. You are walking a spiral. And every time you allow yourself to feel your feelings, you are getting closer and closer to the center where you're purposes, where your higher self is, where your dream life is. So feel your feelings. I also recommend having somatic experiences, somatic embodied experiences. Our issues like emotions and things like that actually get stored in our tissues. Um, our emotions get stored in the body. This is, there's science that proves this. This isn't like woo-woo stuff. There's actual science that proves this. And so having a dark night of the soul is really bringing all of these things up to the surface. And again, if you're feeling your feelings, they're coming up to the surface. So having a somatic experience is really getting your body involved with the integration and release of it all. So tapping is great. Shaking, dancing, breath work, screaming, grunting, yoga, running, exercising, um, masturbating, sex. <laughs> These are all ways that our physical body gets into, um, get, gets involved with allowing the feelings that are there, the trauma that's there, the emotions that are there, the depression, the, the transition that you're going through to actually integrate into your body. So it's not like we want to keep it separate from us. We actually want to integrate it. I think a lot of times people, um, they try to like stuff 
their feelings down and like ignore them or they try to like pretend that they're not there. And what that does is it causes a separation within ourselves. And so it's like, instead of being a whole person, we're like these pieces of ourselves. And it's like only the pieces that we accept and acknowledge and and can tolerate are allowed. And then the rest of the pieces, it's like, we're pretending they're not there or we're shoving them deep down and not dealing with it or whatever. And like, honestly, guys, this is why the world is so fucked up. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I'm kind of at a point with this dark night of the soul. I'm kind of coming out of it. Just like, I'm just going to say what I want to fucking say. Um, because it just feels like the truth for me. And I, I want to, I know when I hear things that people say, and I'm like, yes, like it just helps me feel less alone, but that's really why so many of us suffer is because we're not fully integrated. And you know what? I'm going to actually Google the word integrate because I I feel like it's a coachy word and I want to make sure you guys know what it means. So to integrate means to combine one thing with another so that they they become a whole. Okay. Um, Yeah. So that's what integrate means. So it's bringing all these parts of ourselves, especially the parts of ourselves that we don't like. That's the the headline here is the parts of ourselves that we don't like. So for me, I felt so much shame and rejection and judgment. And um, I was mad at myself for being in another friendship that treated me like shit. I was um, mad at myself that I was in this relationship with my mom again. I was um, embarrassed that I had made this shift in, in, in coaching and like you know, I thought people would follow me over and and they didn't. I mean, there was all kinds of emotions that I felt. And what most people tend to do is just pretend that they're not there or numb it or drink it away or gossip it away or busy it away or, you know, grit and hustle their way out of it. I sat with it and I felt it and I really saw those parts of myself and saw exactly why they felt the way they felt and I held space for them and I integrated them. And I did that through a lot of crying, a lot of breath work, a lot of somatic work, which is what I was just telling you. I mean, there was times where I could just feel the heaviness in my chest, the tightness in my throat, the pit in my stomach. And I just, you know, I'm human. So I just would be sitting there like, you know, flicking through the channels and I would just feel this and I would just kind of like put the, put the clicker down. I would sit up and I would just remind myself like, this is my life. This is my life. And I've, I have the power to do something about it. And so I would start to tap. I would put on a song and I would do breath work, which would immediately bring me the emotion out. I would cry. I would sob. I would pound my fists into the couch and pillows. I would scream. Um, I would shake and dance and allow that expression to move through me. And then I would be done and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be like, fuck yeah. Like, yes, I feel lighter. I feel clearer. And I feel, and I could feel the tingles in my body, which to me was the integration. It was like this part of me that I was denying. I brought her in and I said, no, you belong here. And I give this example when I want to talk about integration. I give this example to my clients all the time, but I want you to imagine 
you and your life like a school bus. Okay. There's many seats on the school bus, but there's one driver's seat. And so the way I envision it is like, I am in the driver's seat. I'm the only one that has my license that knows how to drive and knows where I'm going. But then there's all these other parts of me, right? There's the insecure parts, the parts of me that lack confidence, the parts of me that want to be included, the parts of me that, you know, uh, misses misses different friendships, the parts of me that um, thinks I'm annoying, like all these different parts of me. And they all get to sit in the in the school bus seats. And, and if they're loud and they're talking to me, I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to ask them, okay, what do you need? What do you, you need to be heard? You need to be seen. Okay, I will witness you. But ultimately, there's only one person driving that bus, and that's me. And I make the decisions. I make the choices. I choose how I show up. And so what's happening with a lot of people is they allow all these other parts to drive the bus. You know, there's a part of you that um, lacks confidence. Well, that if, if you lack confidence – and because of that lack of confidence, you haven't started a business yet. That part of you that lacks confidence, she's the one that's been driving the bus this whole time. If there's a part of you that um, wishes you could be a better parent, but you yell at your kids and maybe you spank them because that's what your parents did to you, guess what? That's that's the part of you that's driving the bus, that conditioned part of you from your childhood, not the real you, right? If I mean, I could go on and on, but we have all these different parts and the reason why these parts are driving the bus for a lot of people is because they haven't integrated them and what you resist will persist what you accept transforms so if you're resisting a part of yourself that part of yourself is just going to get louder and louder and become a pattern and become um conditioning in your life but if you accept it aka integrate it into your life allow it to become a part of who you are it doesn't mean that that's, you know, doesn't mean that that's who's showing up when you show up to things, but it's a part of you and you're not denying it. Now you're driving the bus. You're the one that's making the decisions. So the dark night of the soul, I would do the somatic healing and it was a huge, huge part of, I think what has helped me. The other piece is I had support. I had support systems. Like right now I'm not working with a coach, but I have a therapist and I have some really great friends that um, understand me, are on the same journey. They are in their awakening. They are here. They're light workers. They're here to really help with the the awakening that's going on right now. Um, And man, they were a huge, huge support for me. Um, so just talking and listen, I'm a talker. Clearly I'm, I've got a stellium in Gemini for fuck's sake, which means I have three planets in the, uh, in the sign of Gemini. I actually have four, but a stellium is three or more. Um, and so for me, I'm all about ideas and thoughts and talking and communication. If that's not your jam, if you're like, you know, a Capricorn type person or something and, and making, um, you know, being grounded and maybe organizing or cleaning or doing things like that is what kind of helps you, then that's wonderful. Um, Maybe you're more watery and so taking baths or just allowing yourself to receive in a more flowy way. Um, Maybe you're more fiery and so exercise is going to be a really big piece of kind of what helps you. There's no wrong way but to truly trust yourself and your intuition. 
for me, it was having people that I could pick up my phone, send a voice message to. I knew that they would get back to me and I just felt supported and that's all I needed. Um, what else did I want to share with you guys about the dark night of the soul? I think the, the, the very last thing is to just know that it's not forever and to, oh, you know what? I sh- I'm going to definitely need to do a podcast on this, but, um, I, I'm going to do a podcast on how to close a chapter of your life because, um, this is a big piece of it too is, and I think this has happened to me and I, I know it's happened to other people, but like you're in kind of a hard season in your life and then like you feel like it's done, but then you're like, okay, how do I start this new season? And if there isn't some sort of practice or ceremony or ritual or initiation that kind of like ends one thing and starts another, what happens is you can have this kind of leaky energy coming with you. So my last advice would be to allow yourself to go through the whole process. Don't rush it. But eventually you're going to feel your your energy back. You're going to feel your spark back. You're going to for me it happened cuz I I had my my moon, I had my bleed which coincided oh, excuse me, which coincided with the new moon and that just happened like I don't know a week ago. Um, and for me, that was, I started to feel the turning of the corner when those two things happened. I had the new moon in Virgo and I got my period and it was like just a fresh new energy. And I've been working with my cycle for two years now or a little close to two years now. And so for me, when like, I understand the energetics of my cycle and I know that when I bleed, it's a time of completely letting go of shedding. So that coinciding with the new moon, it just brought this energy that allowed me to just be like, okay, I think I'm done with this. And then I had a nice, beautiful ceremony um, a couple days ago where I journaled and really was intentional about writing down all the gifts that I received from this chapter in my life, all the gratitudes, all the wisdom, all the learnings. Um, and now I'm really stepping out and into this fresh new energy. Um, there was a situation, part of the dark night of the soul was for me um, connected to people in my town. Um, w- one woman specifically had said some pretty awful things to me and brought my children into it. And it just was really bad. Um, and I actually saw this person yesterday um, at a school event and it was such a different energy that I had than I did these last three months. These last three months, I've been like just not wanting to see or deal with anyone. But even who I was like a year ago compared to who I was yesterday when I walked into that uh, school situation, it was like night and day. And there's a part of me that has died that I'm so glad is gone. And it was such a heavy anchor weight. And that was the part of me that wanted to belong. That was the part of me that wanted to be included. Um, and that part of me is done. And it's so fucking freeing and so beautiful. And I I know that there is so much more coming. And so when you're at the tail end of your dark night of your soul, it's like really take inventory and in how you've changed and what you've learned and what you've gained and what you've lost and And that will mark the beginning of the new season. And remember, it's always darkest before the dawn. 
right? So a dark night of the soul is, is the precursor to the dawn. And the dawn is a new day. It's a new rebirth. It's, a, it's, it's all of that. So if this episode helped you, if it made you feel less alone, I would love for you to share that with me. Um, I am on Instagram at when hustle meets flow, take a picture, share it on your social tag me. I love to see that. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.